Welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Are you ready to spill some tea? loves and welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Today's tea comes from one of my favorite photographers to work with, Lisa Fleet. You have seen her work on my page. Trust me, I'll let you know what's hers. Um, but let me, guys, let me give you guys the tea on Lisa. She is an award-winning published photographer with over 12 years of professional experience. Her photography career began as a boudoir photographer in the DMB and Atlanta areas. She soon broadened her skills and began capturing weddings and corporate headshots. Some of Lisa's work is published in Forbes magazine, Baltimore's Examiner, and the Curvy magazine, and Fearless Women, Mag Fearless Women magazine. One thing is for sure, when it comes to your photography needs, Lisa Fleet is ever ready to make your acquaintance. She welcomes the opportunity create, to create lasting photogenic memories you will treasure for years to come. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I miss you, you guys. This is one of the first photographers I worked with ever. I mean, <laughs> my pageant photos. Long ago. I yeah. know, my pageant photos my headshots, some of her boudoir work. I have a little bit of everything that you do, except for a wedding. We got to get that down, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, one day, one day. So let's begin with a quote. This quote is by Audra Risley. As photographers, we use the lens to tell stories, and it is a beautiful privilege and powerful tool to capture amazing moments that would otherwise go unnoticed. How does this quote resonate with you and your work? Um, I think it's 100% of <laughs> what photography is. It is like the definition of um, a photographer's work is that we have the opportunity to tell a story. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the amazing thing about photographers is every photographer's story is different. So you could have two photographers capturing the same event, but the storyline um, looks different because it's from the point, point of view of that photographer. But most definitely when I pick up my camera, whether I'm shooting a wedding um, or any other type of session, it is most definitely me telling a story. And it is most definitely an opportunity for me to capture those moments. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the skill of a photographer is to be able to capture the moments that not every person, you could have a million people at your wedding or your event, or you could, um, you know, shooting headshots and doing different things. Um, you could have other people doing it, but we actually have the skill to have that right angle, that right and capture that mm -hmm. right moment. Um, so... So yeah, I most definitely think this uh, quote stands true to um, photographers, mostly all photographers overall, and most definitely myself. Yeah, I thought that one would be a good one, a good one for this episode because you're right; it is a story you're telling, and you know, photographers are storytellers just in a different way. So I like how you wrap you you know wrap that up and put that together and what you do and what you know other photographers do. So tell us about your journey. Like, how did you find your love for photography? Um, you know, I always loved photography in my mind, even as a, a younger person. Um, I always thought, okay, I could be a photographer. Then um, in college, I thought about minoring in photography. But at that time, I really didn't see it as a way for me to be able to make money. I looked at colleges. You go to college, you get a degree or something for you to go in and eventually make money off of. So I didn't really take photography seriously. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, I did not um, completely see a lot of female photographers in the industry and making money doing it. So I really didn't, it didn't connect to me in a way of being a business, just something that I love to do. And I didn't want to mind, like, well, I'm not going to minor in something I just love to do. I'll just maybe one day I'll get a camera and pick it up. And it wasn't until um, years later after college, 
I decided mm-hmm. to get a camera and um, just start shooting. And from the moment I picked up my little amateur camera and <laughs> and started <laughs> capturing pictures of my niece, who was, I think she was, I don't even know how old she was, but we just went out all over and, and we just started taking pictures. And I, I said, I love this. I, I really love this. And that's where it started, um, just from a pure love, being creative and just getting out there. And um, then it just grew into finding my niche, what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where, um, I mean, cause I tried, um, I tried uh, family shoots, children, infants, um, anybody who would give me a chance, <laughs> I would take pictures of them. So and, you're just grasping um, experience, huh? Yeah, I'm just trying everything. I mean, I think that's what you do. You just try everything and then you find what works for you. And then that's how I came across uh, boudoir photography. And so, that right there was, that was it. So let's talk that. about how did you start into that? Was it more about body positivity or just you knew how to make women feel comfortable with boudoir photography. I, I knew nothing. <laughs> I knew nothing. <laughs> what really? Oh, I, I mean, because we did some really amazing work out of this. <laughs> I didn't know I had it in me. That's what I think. I had a client just like bring it out of me. I uh-huh. had a client do a photo shoot. She called me and she said Kim Kardashian had done um, a calendar for her boyfriend, Reggie uh-huh. Bush. Reggie Bush was her boyfriend at that time. And she had done a 12 month calendar. Every month had a different look and style. Uh-huh. And she had her stylist who um, had everything set up. She just needed me to come and take pictures. I, before her shoot, I didn't own lights. I didn't own a backdrop. I didn't own anything. I just take my camera and go outside and shoot. And I said, well, I really don't know how to do a session indoors. She's like, I, but I trust you. And then uh-huh. she was someone, I, I literally had gone to school with her from like kindergarten all the way to college. Wow. So we really, we were really close. We knew each other. So I said, okay, well, I'll come over, I'll shoot, but I don't know what everything's going to turn out to be. Um, and we were there, I think I charged her like 75 bucks. Mm-hmm. We were there for 12 hours. Oh, 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had an assistant with me and everything. I'm like, Lord. And um, we had fun. It was, um, her mom was there. Her stylist, um, my makeup artist for my wedding, she took pictures. I mean, she did makeup at her stylist there. And okay. it was just like a group of ladies. We ordered food. And we just, like, at some point, we stopped shooting. And we just sat down and we started talking. And we just started talking about life and just being a woman. And um, it had been years since we had gotten together. And I'm like, you know what? I love this. Like I, this and this, the, just seeing it go from the beginning to the middle to the end. I'm like, women have to do this. And like all women have to experience this. Um, it really was the turning point for me. Um, once I was able to go through her images and edit and just the feeling that I walked away with, and I wasn't even the one in front of the camera, just being able to bring out this, um, beauty in her um, that mm-hmm. she may not have known had already existed. It was just amazing. And just to be pampered for the day. I mean, who, what woman doesn't want to, you know, want to experience that. And it really just took from there. I, I decided to um, get some models together and put a portfolio together. And it, it really took off for me um, at that time, um, which was, I guess, how many years ago? maybe about 11 or 12 years ago, there were Mm -hmm. a lot of African-American women shooting boudoir photography. There were a lot of men. Uh Um, And I did not see any curvier women um, Mm -hmm. as the subject models um, of this photography. It was always very slim women, very slender. And I said, you know what? I would like to do this. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a small woman and I honestly more comfortable woman capturing my images. So I saw an opportunity where there there were there were not a lot of female photographers. And if there there may have been, but they did not have social media or internet presence. It was right. not something where I could just type in and find um, a woman um, shooting and having a portfolio that I would say, okay, I feel comfortable. She knows how to capture me as um a curvier woman um 
to do the boudoir photography and I feel comfortable with. So I really, I just saw an opportunity and I grabbed on it and it really, it just took off from there. Yeah. I mean, I noticed your amazing work and, you know, we have several of our shoots together that were boudoir. So, you know, it really was a a good niche for you and I'm glad Mm -hmm. your friend challenged you to take that on. Now you, you said several times about Mm -hmm. not seeing African-American women or women that look like you in the industry. Have you found any women uh, photographers to inspire you or, um, you know, other women to look up to in the industry? Um, as far as, you know, there are, at the time, um, I would say no. A lot of um, mentors that I had that I worked with were all males. Um, wow. They were all male photographers. I remember, um, I, I would have to say no. That was that's the sad part of it. There were not a lot of women. Um, there were there was one woman. Um, she was a photographer, um, but we did completely different styles of work, and it just really didn't roll and connect you know, and connect uh-huh. in that way. So we just had completely different, but it was someone that I admired, but her, her work was just um, at a different pace in a different style than me. But to find somebody to look up to for the work that I wanted to do now. Wow. Well, you are setting a trend by being a woman in the industry that, do, that does the type of work that you do for photography. Definitely are. Well, and now um, in 2020, we mm-hmm. there are tons. We have tons of women who are shooting the boudoir photography, and it is just it's amazing to be able to connect with them and mm-hmm. um, just to be able to speak with them. And we we can connect on a different, you know, on a different level of how boudoir photography is for women and uh, whether we shoot individuals, couples, things like that. So it's, it's always, um, it's always great to be able to, um, cross promote and to, um, Mm -hmm. just connect and and sit back and talk with someone who understands your work and your style. Yeah, definitely. So starting off with boudoir, how did you transition into doing, uh, telling the story of weddings and working with a lot of, uh, corporate or small business owners to do their corporate photography? Well, weddings, I always shot weddings. It just wasn't something that I was known for. Um, Mm -hmm. And I stayed so busy. Every weekend I was booked with boudoir. It was really hard to book a wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I first started out, I would do um, weddings every couple of months um, when I had availability. And um, I just, I always loved it. it's a lot of work. Um, it takes a lot of dedication. Um, but it just, at that time when I first started, it wasn't something, um, that I could really do often because of my schedule. Now, um, I do a lot more weddings. Um, and it really, it really was a very, I'm not even going to say a transition because I always shot weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, now the, the corporate, the headshots, this was really something, um, I had to really learn lighting. Okay. Um, in my studio, so at my studio, um, at the time, it's home-based. So I had to learn lighting and get a lot of things together um, for that process. And I just started with friends. Um, I think I did hit. I did headshots for you. Probably I was a little more um, skilled at that time when I when I did your headshot. <laughs> well, that came um, out amazing. It was more like a beauty, more like beauty shots. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're. Um, yeah, because I think one of your first shoots was headshots. I think yeah, it was uh, headshots for the pageant. Yep, yep. So um, yeah, we. I just really um, said, "Hey, I want to try it. I see an opportunity. Um, I love it. It's it's a lot easier. I can do it in studio and um, just writing down." And I I really just started um, promoting headshots and it was really it was a simple transition because so many women that I work with for boudoir mm-hmm. um one were either getting married so it was easy to get weddings and then so many women are starting businesses so yes. many women are starting businesses so it was just like those clients just picked 
just came right back. Oh, well, shots. And starting to do headshots really um, because the people from starting a business or they're trying to rebrand their business or mm-hmm. um, coming into an already established business to do headshots. It was, it was really nice to connect with other women who were also business owners. Um, and I say women, I sh- even though I, I shoot men for um, headshots, my majority of my clientele um, are women. Wow. And um, it was just, it was an easy, it was an easy transition. Um, but it's amazing to be able to connect with the women in such a different way than it is with boudoir weddings. Yeah, I mean, but I like that you said you had like return customers to kind of continuously build your profile. Like they trusted you in each different story you were telling, whether it was boudoir, whether it was a wedding, whether it was corporate or anything like that. You know, I mean, like I said, I've shot pageant um, headshots and boudoir with you. So I trust me, I know your work. Trust me, audience, I know the work. She is excellent, excellent, excellent. And each way is different, but we're going to get that wedding situation down so you can shoot, shoot the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Engagement, wedding. everything. All that good stuff. And I may not try to have you out in the winter ice cold at that point because we've done that sometimes too. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Oh, I don't mind anytime. <laughs> when I got married, it was 100 degrees out. I felt so wow. sorry for that photographer. <laughs> It was so hot. (laughs) So what is your favorite part about being a photographer? Is it taking the photos or kind of seeing the story you told when you're editing the photos? It's meeting the clients. Really? (laughs) Honestly, yeah. I I love people. This this pandemic has really messed a lot of things up. But I love people and connecting to the people and getting the story and – just being able to bring their vision to life and putting it all into place and then seeing it on their website or what, what a billboard or wherever it's supposed to be a magazine. It, that's the part, like connecting with the client is my favorite part of photography. Second comes the shooting and um, in that moment, it really, it, and it, the energy, just the energy mm-hmm. you get from the client Um And I I feel like I like to connect with my client before we even shoot, before we even meet to shoot. So I like to build a rapport Mm -hmm. um, and so they feel comfortable with me. And then once we actually get in the studio or wherever we are shooting, um, that's just like the icing on the cake for me. Mm -hmm. But of course, for a client, it is seeing their finished product. But um, most definitely connecting with the client, hearing their story of their business, how they got started, where they are, um, is inspirational for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, um, it's, just, it's just great to be in the presence of other, um, other business owners or people who are growing their brand, whether it is in their, their professional career or um, wh- whatever they need those um, images for. So tell me this, how often should one shoot like their headshots? Because I know photography for like weddings and other things might be different, but headshots, you kind of have to update those every so often, right? I believe so. So for the, for me, um, I was going through a transition where my hair would change <laughs> so often, mm-hmm. um, whether it's dyed or whatever. So like whenever you do a drastic change to your appearance, mm-hmm. I would say, and you plan for it to stay for a long period of time to um, go ahead and grab some new headshots um, or some, um, some branding photos. So there, there are difference between headshots and branding images. So um whatever you need, you think you need, because one of the things that's the reason I tell people, you always want to look relevant, look on your images, the way you look in person. You don't want to go to speak at an event uh-huh. and you're mingling with people and they're like, Oh, that's you on the billboard over there. Or <laughs> that oh, that's you right here. I, you know, like you look completely different. That's mm-hmm. why I always say 
You don't have to be um, like have a tons and tons of makeup. If that's not how you're going to present yourself when you go to speaking engagement or do your events, then try to look as normal to yourself as possible. But mm-hmm. you do want to give it that that extra oomph, but not yeah. too much. <laughs> that people can't uh, recognize you. But yeah, I, I would say at least um, depending on your brand and your business quarterly, quarterly getting headshots done. I have tons of clients who contract for the year and mm-hmm. they come in every two to three months oh, and wow. um, they do headshots or we'll go however we have everything set up. Okay, this month we're doing this. So they create this plan together we create this plan of okay branding images we're gonna use your business is this setup we're gonna do this location here the next shoot we're gonna do this the next shoot we're gonna do that so you can do them quarterly um some people just do them twice a year and then some people do them once a year i wouldn't recommend more than once a year um because you want fresh stuff and then what i don't recommend is if you shoot once a year and you have 10 images to post all 10 of your images At when I give time. them to you. <laughs> but they yeah. look so cute. You want How everybody to, to see them. <laughs> right. It is true. Send them to your husband, send them to your girlfriend, <laughs> to your family on a text message, but don't post all of them because then you won't have like that new con. When you put out new content, you won't have that new image. You know, try to pace yourself with your images, if you know you're not coming back in two to three months to yeah. get more work done. Yeah. So, so you yeah. let's touch back on a few things you said, because you said there's a difference between headshots and branding. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Because people might have, be like, well, what is that? What's the difference? Right. Yeah. So headshots are really basic. We are either in studio at your office or on location somewhere, meaning when I say on location, we could be at a coffee shop or something. And it, it really is just a headshot from the waist up. Sometimes okay. in studio, we may do full body, um, but that's still considered a headshot. It is really clean um, mm-hmm. and not a lot of um, visual for a person besides you. It is all about you. Mm-hmm. Um, a branding image is gives a person um, or a potential client visual of you in action. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you typing on your computer, drinking coffee, normalizing you in a way to make mm-hmm. you not just look like this person that's on a headshot, just straight, like, <laughs> you know, just looking at the camera. You are a normal human being. You sit on your, your couch with your feet up and you are drinking coffee or... Um, you're at a, your favorite coffee shop, or maybe have you connecting with a client. If um, your business is real estate, it could be you walking into a home with the client or showing a client a home or whatever, or on a computer. Um, there's so many opportunities and so many things. Some people, when they do branding, they bring their family in mm-hmm. um, to some of the images Um, you may be, uh, you could be a single mom, you have your kids and you could have something that relates to work just so people know, okay, she's a mom and she's doing this. Like her (laughs) business is like, wow. And she, you know, she does this. And then you could have images with your husband or your, whoever your significant other is. Um, and you know, just, just really showing more than just your face, given, giving your clients and potential clients more of you. Um, personally and more of you professionally. Okay. So that, that sums it up. So I guess I need to get some more branding stuff done. We need to talk when this COVID is over. Can it hurry and be over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when you, cause you've been published in several magazines, what did it feel like when you first had that first piece of work published? Oh my gosh. I, was so excited when I would do different events. I would have the magazine like laid out <laughs> with the, at the article. Like everybody's gonna read an article sitting standing there going past my table. But um, but no, it um, it felt really great. It felt really great. Um, just purchasing a lot of the magazine and sharing them with people. But ultimately, seeing your work in print. And mm-hmm. seeing the words of who's, whoever has interviewed you or seeing um, 
the connection of your clients' images to their story and how it all connects together. That is, that's amazing. And it, and it feels really, it feels really great to be able to, um, to do that, whether it's um, for an article or if it is um, for an advertisement that's going into a magazine. Yeah. You know, you were a part of that person's journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That has to be like an amazing feeling. Like you said, if you see it on a billboard or something and you're just rolling down the street, you're like, I did that. That was a part of me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wow. Because it's amazing. It is always like when I see sometimes what clients do with the images, because not all the time do I know. Right. is going to have as a final product unless they share it with me. Um, mm-hmm. I've done tons of book covers where I may have worked with the graphic designer. So I've gotten a, a taste of what it would look like um, before it goes to print. But not all the time do you get to see it. And when you actually hold a book or a magazine in your hand and you're like, wow, this is my work. Or like you said, driving and you see it on a billboard. It, it is, um, it's amazing to see your work. Well, speaking of books, would you ever do a book with like telling the story through photos that you've taken if clients did a release or something like that? Hmm, I never, um, I never thought of it, but I love to see those type of, you know how you go in the bookstore and you see those type of books where the photographer has created Mm -hmm. like that, um, that living room table, like piece of work and it's beautiful. Would you ever do something like that? Yeah, that, I don't think that would be. Um, I don't think that would be a bad idea. <laughs> that would be something. You're like, hold um, on, wait a minute. I'm in COVID. I got stuff to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> hmm. I gave you I a, I, 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 from, what 2008. <laughs> 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 I first started. Yeah, right, just to you be can able tell your story, story yeah, of, of your journey yeah. with the photos that you take. I think that would be interesting to see it because yep. usually when you see those pieces of work, you know, you kind of see them doing pictures of different type of like architectural things or, you know, statues Mm -hmm. and stuff, but a personal story where you're telling how you told this person's story and how it made you feel or something. I think that would be interesting, right? Be very different. Yeah, Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. So I I know you have some other hobbies because I have been peeping an audience. I follow Lisa. She's basically like family now. Okay. And <laughs> you are Auntie Monica. I know, y'all. She has a beautiful daughter, Chloe, who she calls her coworker, who is the most hilarious kid I've ever met. She is her facial expressions say so much. Um, but you guys are having a garden together right now. Are we gonna yep, get some garden so- photos or something like a a good story with you guys in the garden? I, I may have to. I said I, I need to pull out my camera. It has been like packed away. And <laughs> no. I have just been, this cell phone has taken over. I'm like, this is horrible. I'm a photographer and I'm cell phoning it up. But, um, but yes, I do plan on definitely taking pictures of my garden. The garden started, <clears throat> excuse me, garden started last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I always wanted to do. I now have the the space um, to be able to do it. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I just went to the store, grabbed some stuff, put it in the ground. And then of course, then I start researching, find out what I do wrong and (laughs) everything like that. So this year it was extra special. Um, This is one thing that I hadn't, I really, I haven't shared with anyone. Um, uh, My husband and I, we had, we conceived Chloe through, um, or we gave, conceived her through in vitro. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had one embryo left this year. And we tried in April um, with our last embryo and we lost our baby. And it really spiraled. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I know. It it really spiraled me mentally. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt myself starting to become depressed. And I'm like, I have to connect to something growing you know, I have to have some type of growth and see something growing in order for me to just be able to get back and get myself out of this depression because my husband and my daughter, although I love them, it, it wasn't enough. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start gardening. And I, this time I intentionally started from seed um, versus going to the store and buying something already made. I wanted to actually see it 
come to life. Um, and it represented, it was so deep and it represented so much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I started. It's, and it was, a, it was awesome to be able to have my coworker, my Chloe, <laughs> um, to be a part of it. Yeah. She learned, you know, she was able to learn. Um, and this time I did more research. I knew what I was doing. I knew how to do it. So really, that's where our garden started in some uh, red solo cups. <laughs> we started growing seeds and it grew into this beautiful garden. Um, so yeah, so that's where we are. We have a beautiful garden with tons of herbs and vegetables and some fruits. And um, yeah, and so this year, instead of just doing summer, we're going to do a fall crop too. So we're excited wow. about uh, excited about that. So what is in your, your summer crop now? I know you said you had herbs and vegetables and fruit. Gosh, what isn't? Uh, <laughs> let's see. We have peas, green beans, collard greens, um, any kind of pepper you can imagine, um, chives, strawberries, zucchini. I'm coming over to eat. When it gets safe again. And (laughs) (laughs) we have lettuce and spinach. It is so many. And and all the herbs we have, we have so many, um, so many of those. So, and we also decided this year to do our own compost um, wow. creating our own dirt from, from foods and, uh, grass clippings and leaves and dirt and just putting everything together and creating that for our fall crop. So, yeah, so it's just been really a labor of love. It has been, um, it has helped me mm-hmm. so much, through, um, everything that we've been through this year and it's really just what's to come for us, um, and it's amazing to get up every morning and see the growth um, mm-hmm. of all of, you know, of, of, um, of all of the, the labors of love that Chloe and I put into the garden. Do you feel like you guys have more time for the garden with the pandemic going on? Is that also helping you with not being able to shoot so much and get out the house? Oh, most definitely. This this pandemic, I, I'll say I had, I led a very chill life <laughs> before the pandemic, uh-huh. but this life is very chill. So it's, um, and she's not able, I'm, I'm one of those, um, people who, even though we're not locked down, technically I'm locked down. I go mm-hmm. to the grocery store. I do. I felt bad going to Home Depot to buy fertilizer and, and pots and stuff for my garden because I'm like this this really isn't necessary and I don't want to go mm. out so we don't go many places so the garden being able to just go out into our backyard and go into the garden every day mm. um, really gave us an opportunity and gave her an opportunity to just be able to connect with um, with the earth in a way that she probably wouldn't have because I would have been busy we would have been so busy with play dates and doing this and doing that and working, me working, trying to uh, manage around my husband's schedule, something would have fallen off. Um, Mm -hmm. But it gave us, it gave me a chance to really work with her in the garden and um, just experience, you know, experience that. Definitely. I think, I think this time is different for everybody just to sit back and take a look at everything and then when the world does open back up, I think we'll all go about things a little differently. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to, it's ever going to be the same again. Oh no, we are definitely, for, we are forever changed, but we will get back to some, yeah. some sort of normalcy when we, where we can connect a little mm-hmm. bit more. A new and, normal. <laughs> yeah. A new normal, a new normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just want to, I just thinking about how your first shoot will be after COVID. Like, Will you feel like a newcomer again or will it feel like, oh, just riding a bike? It will be like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah. I think once um, once I get in the group, honestly, once, because I've, I've spoken with so many clients um, mm-hmm. and we are like prepping for their sessions. We just don't know when, <laughs> when it will be um, because I haven't gotten back out there to, you know, start shooting just yet. Yeah. But um 
But yeah, once we get in, get out there and in the swing of things, it's just going to be like, like you said, like riding a bike and we'll just have, have fun and, and get back into the swing of things. I know I had an open computer, my laptop for so long when I, when I first opened it, this was a, a couple of months ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've forgotten how to do certain things. I just, I had stepped away from it for so long. I'm like, yeah. wow. But, um, but yeah, it is, um, it's changed a lot of how I think about things, how I do things. I've had a chance to just sit back and really reevaluate, mm-hmm. reevaluate a lot of stuff. So I think we all are. I'm ready for the new normal. You and me, Chad, you and me both. I just started getting bored. Um, I've I've told my audience over time and time again that this podcast has really kept me busy because I can work from home and schedule a podcast Mm -hmm. interview and make sure I'm getting that weekly podcast ready for my my audience of Tea Time with Monica. So I think it's having everybody sit down, reevaluate, rethink some things and how you want to really set your intentions and I can't wait to see what you are going to do with your work because like I said I personally know it's amazing because I've worked with you many times but um I can't wait to see what you create um I can't wait to also see what these garden photos are going to look like I just can't imagine is that going to because that do you think that's going to feel like a new thing for you since it's not working with a actual person it's working with the beauty of your garden and the earth it's actually probably easier <laughs> than working with oh, so, so the humans are back. difficult, huh? The humans are difficult. Oh, oh goodness. Oh, I, I God. didn't say that. But no, it'll like um it's just like, you know, just doing product shoots. It's just really I have to find the angles and um not really the angle of the photo, but what angle I wanna I don't want it just to be pictures you know, mm-hmm. of my garden, like, boo, okay, we, how many zucchini and tomatoes can we see? But actually just, um, I guess, really trying to show it from my point of view of the of the growth from seed to, you know, transplant to harvest. So mm-hmm. it really, um, you know, we'll see how, how we get all of that captured in there and have some fun with it. Now, does Chloe like to take pictures or is she like mom stuff? No, she loves taking pictures. She's just really getting into trying to take selfies on her own. And it's time for her to get a little camera. So I'm trying to find um, a good camera for her, but she likes to throw things around right now. She's at the (laughs) stage of nothing can break until oops. Oh, I didn't know it could break after I threw it across the room. So I don't know if I want to invest <laughs> in anything really for her at the moment. But she, I mean, she will take anything and pretend that it's a camera. Oh, I love say, Mommy, it. cheese, cheese, because she knows that's what mommy does. And so she plays around with it. So she's ready mm-hmm. um, in that aspect of it. But to actually be able to take care of it, I don't know. We'll see. Now, now, what about a blog about you and your coworker? Because like I said, I love to read the captions that you put up about her and what she's doing and how she's acting throughout the day with her little computer. Like Chloe does so much. She's such an adult. You guys, I can't like say that enough, but like a little mommy blog, because I think there's a lot of moms, like you said, that are entrepreneurs and mothers and are working from home, especially now with kids, you know, doing school virtually. I think that would be entertaining. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm all for it. But, you know, she's half mine and half her daddy's. And, you know, he doesn't even like himself on the whole social media. Yeah. It's really hard for him. It's hard for him. He's not even, he's not there. But, I mean, I have this whole, once he says go, actually, I may go and do what I have planned and then show him. And Mm -hmm. then he'll see that it is honestly, it's just innocent. I don't want it to be, it's not something, um, he just doesn't want her to become a meme or to be wow. plastered all over somebody. That's his, that's his fear. He wants her to be able to um, decide when she wants 
herself to be displayed. And I understand that. And yeah. I understand that. So that's where we are. So right now I just share with my friends and I ask people not to, you know, share on their page. So people share and share and share, but you can't really stop it. But he's really, he hasn't gotten there yet to where I could do a blog. Cause I'm ready with the, I am ready with the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I have graphic designers on deck already on what I want to do. I, I mean, I have all kinds of ideas in my mind. And you got to show I him the um, the the monetary value, finish. like yeah. See, I think he would prefer it to be non-monetary. Oh, okay. See, me, all I'm thinking of is college coin. all i'm thinking of this is setting her up for college so we don't have to pay that's where my (laughs) brain is when it comes to this i'm like you can have blog baby be famous honey you got coin now honey doesn't have to worry well what is what is today today is uh wednesday july uh, tuesday july 7th Uh the way he feels today may not be that same way at the end of the year so we'll see You'll see. We'll see where we are. We'll have to come back and uh, maybe it'll be a podcast with Miss Chloe. Yeah, Coworker Chronicles. I would love it. I would love it. She is so amazing. And you are doing a great job being her mom. Y'all having that coworker, you know, that um, coworker relationship. And I can't wait to see what she starts doing when you get her at camera. Like, it would be amazing. I think that would be really amazing. Yeah, yeah, the the coworker chronicle. I call it the coworker chronicles. The coworker chronicles really help me um, when I'm having like a even before the pandemic, um, just having a tough day, mm-hmm. and it's hard. Like it is hard working for yourself full time and being a full time mom because it's always like I don't have um, all of the resources to have someone come in and assist and help me at all times. Um, so it really becomes tough and it can become frustrating. Um, and you're like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So instead of me, I I took it, instead of me becoming upset and frustrated, I channeled that into humor. Um, if she doesn't stop doing, I'm like, wait a minute, let me capture this moment because nobody's going to believe that she is doing this. And then I would capture moments. And then later, like maybe the next day or whatever, I would look and I'm like, you know what this looks like? She is a little miniature coworker and she's agitating me and she's doing da 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 da. <laughs> and so that's how I'm like, that's, you know, this is a funny scenario for this whole situation. So I would just take one of the images and create this crazy caption of, you know, stuff that people deal with with coworkers and it just gets on their nerves. And it's just, it's the humor because she's this little person and Mm -hmm. she's actually looking, she looks like she is actually doing exactly what I said when she's probably just turned around and say, mommy, I want a cookie. But when I captured that moment, it's like, she's angry yelling at me and like, you don't tell me how to work. And, um, and it's just, and it turns it from being a stressful time to, Mm -hmm. okay, these are moments I should cherish because not all moms have the opportunity to be home. They literally get up in the morning, have to wake their child up, throw clothes on them, take them in a car, throw them to somebody to watch them all day, come home tired. Because I commend moms who work (laughs) a nine to five and still have to come home and take care of the household. That is not, I'm not saying one is harder than the other, but to be able to have to manage and deal with so many personalities in a workplace and then having to come home and be on with your family. It is, um, that is amazing. So I said, I, not everyone gets this opportunity to be home during the pandemic. A lot of people have experienced it. They don't like it. They want to get back to work, but, Ooh, but it I don't, really, I'm um, good. <laughs> you know, I said, let's capture this and, and, make it, and make it a, make it a fun experience for me mm-hmm. and capture it in that way. So years from now, even if I don't share this process of co-worker chronicles with the world she will have the co-worker chronicles um to carry with her um and to share with her children and whoever at that time she decides she wants to share it with 
Yeah, I, like I said, I like how you're telling the story in a different way and finding a positive spin on it so that, you know, you and her get through the day as best as possible. You can get your work mm-hmm. done. You can have that relationship with your child being an entrepreneur, working mom, and just being a mom when you need to be a mom. So that is an amazing, amazing relationship you two have. Um, so like last question I want to get through is what advice we've talked about a lot of different things about how you got started, seeing someone that looks like you, you know, people, your clients challenging you to do different things. What advice would you give to an up and coming photographer? Um, advice that I wish I had known, um, network, connect with other photographers. Don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated by the photographer that has so much work out there that you're like, oh my gosh, they would never take the time. They will, because they were there. Mm -hmm. Every photographer has been in the same exact spot that you've been in. And connect with multiple. Um, You don't know what your niche is. You don't know where you're gonna, where you're gonna end. Um, So just try everything, but don't try to go it alone. Don't spend all your money or equipment before you actually start shooting. I did that. I spent a lot of money on equipment. Um, And then I ended up, it wasn't really what I needed because it wasn't the style that I ended up working with. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Connect with people, learn, learn photography, learn from others. Um, YouTube, people look down on learning from YouTube. I learned so much. I learned so much from YouTube there. I call it YouTube University. Yes, it is. I learned a lot. um, But for me, it really is getting out there and practicing. Um, Do not buy a camera and get out there and start charging people if you don't know what you're doing. You have to get out there and practice and um, just really um, shoot with family or close friends and get that practice in and then grow yourself from there. But working with other photographers and learning the skill of someone else, it, it saves you a lot of time. It saves you a lot of time, energy, and money. And um, I would also say learn the, learn the business side of it. <clears throat> Photographers have the creative side. Before you even learn the skill of the camera, learn you know j- just the different parts and components of the camera and lighting, you have the creativity because mm-hmm. you have that spirit in you and that desire. And you, when you say you want to become a photographer, you already know you have that eye of what you want. So it really is, um, that's the easier part, shooting. The harder part is the business side. So you have to know the business. You have to know that you need contracts. You have to have um, some type of system where you can keep up with your clients and communicate with them. Uh, you have, you, I have tons of clients who have either never gone to my social media and only use my website. And I have clients who have never gone to my website and they are clients that come back over and over and over and they have never looked at my website. So you have to have both. Mm-hmm. It is, we have this, this industry where people don't feel they need websites or social media. Not all of your clients will. Not all of your clients will have social media and Instagram. It, it all depends on who your client, your client base is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you people really want to see your work they want to see websites or blogs and um just a variety so just make sure you learn the business side of it your money your contracts your communication communication is key um because your client knows nothing of photography you are the expert to them so Mm -hmm. when they come to you you are the know-all for for every piece of the photographies, they come in, they are afraid. They are, some of them are so nervous. They've never been in front of a camera before. So you have to be able to connect with them and um, speak with them in a way that is calming and relaxing, but also gets the job done. But um, yeah, you, you have to not only have that creative side, you have to have that business side because that will, um, 
having something streamlined and and just easy for your clients on the business side, it will make them want to come. Even if your work isn't that great, honestly, if your work is, you're still building yourself. If you have that smooth transition with your contracts, your payments, your um, email, your responses to them, communication, it makes it so much, it makes it easier for them to be able to do business with you because they know that you are on it on all angles. Yeah. I love all that tea you just gave because you really broke it down. It's like you, you're the creative, make sure you got everything else going so that you don't have to worry about any of that. You can just do the art. Yeah. You summed that up really nicely. So, so, um, can you let the audience know how they can see your work on your website or, um, on social media? Yeah. So, you can see my work on my website is lisafleetphotography.com and my Instagram is at lisafleetphotography. So um, those are the two ways. Also, oh yeah, Facebook page. Facebook page is Lisa Fleet Photography. So everything across the board is Lisa Fleet Photography. Instagram, Facebook, and the website. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to share with us your story, your journey. Um, I can't wait, audience, to work with her again when this pandemic is over and to see my little Chloe, my little co-worker. But um, if you guys, after the pandemic is over and we are safe, um, want to connect with Lisa, please make sure you check out her website or her Instagram. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Tea Time with Monica. Bye, loves! You've been listening to Tea Time with Monica. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast medium. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And follow me on social media at Monica underscore the curvy diva spelled m-o-n-i-c-a underscore t-h-e-k-u-r-v-y-d-i-v-a and at tea time with monica